Hi guys! Hey guys! This is Anna. <laughs> and this is Faith. And this is Let's Just Go For One. We're super excited about today. <laughs> we are really excited. Oh my god. You guys, we have Katie Abrams coming yes. today, mm-hmm. and this is our mindful episode. Yeah. So if you can tell I'm already working on keeping a much more tranquil voice, <laughs> because um, Kate. <laughs> So you, first of all, we'll talk about this a little bit, but you guys have to look at Katie on her Instagram. It's Katie with a Y Abrams because she legitimately looks like I'm waiting for her to gallop up on a wild Mustang barefoot with her hair in the wind and then, and then float on a cloud to your front door because she's the closest thing I've ever met to like meeting someone who I think is like actually like an Instagram influencer but like someone who I never thought I'd meet in my life because she's so cool oh she is like this little magical fairy baby angel like I don't even know how to describe her I've been working with her for two years and I am so excited about this. I'm super excited for you to do a meditation. I'm really excited. Yes. I'm, I'm pulling myself into a zen. Yes. A zen mood right We're now. trying to be very calm <laughs> and collected today. So I think I think it's gonna be great. So I'm um, going over last week's episode. Yes. We have one minor walk of shame. Right. Nothing too crazy. Uh-huh. But I don't know if you guys noticed, but we did not get an interview with Corey or Dan from Buffalo Bros Catering mm-hmm. um, to answer the love question. And the reason being, they were so busy. They were making all 18 burgers that I ate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were feeding Anna. Yes. And <laughs> they were so busy that they legitimately kept saying, I kept going over and I said, guys, I have an interview. And they're like, okay, in one minute, we just got really busy. And I was like, oh, can I do it? And they're like, oh, just one minute. And they were so busy. And then the night kind of got away from us. Yeah. But we love their food. And the reason that they couldn't do the interview is because they were so wildly successful at the event. You know what makes my heart happy? What? Eating their food. <laughs> His smash burgers. Yes. Yes. They oh, really and are. And the amazing. tacos. And the tacos. They Ugh. were amazing. Everything. Um, so yeah, so do you have a wait what for this week? Do I faith? Oh, I'm so excited. Do I? <laughs> so like I posted on the Instagram, um, uh, on Thursday night, I think, oh, or Friday, yeah. yes. So I went to go see Lizzo. She was performing in Toronto, and um, first of all, I don't, I have never been to a concert at the Budweiser stage. I have neither. Yeah, it is beautiful there. It's like this whole park. So I went with my friend Amanda. Hey, Mandy, and we're driving up, and it's like all along the lake, and there's people running and like bike riding and kids walking and oh, like so all cool. of this beautiful stuff going on and then you pull up and there's all of these beautiful boats and the stage is like the venue is surrounded by the water and they oh, have wow. like this whole area for food and it's like a ton of like a boardwalk of food oh wow and then they had a whole nother area that had like I think it was like little like boutique like pop-up things um we could not bring our beer there <laughs> so, we, so you we didn't do that go. yeah we had a couple <laughs> ones and then you didn't have yeah. a chance but it was so nice there oh that's awesome it was beautiful and then you walk across this bridge to get back to the parking lot and you could see like downtown you could the see skyline. like the skyline tower oh, cool. and everything because toronto it's right there right it's right there right 
It was so cool. I will say Toronto has some good concert venues because they have yeah. Echo Beach, which is kind of like that too. Oh, I've never been there. Which is either. right on the shore of the Toronto Islands. Oh. And it's the same thing. And then the way that the venue's set up is mm-hmm. you literally are watching the concert and the entire background's the skyline. That's amazing. So, I mean, Toronto just knows what they're doing. They really Canada do. Canada knows what they're doing. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yes. yes. So it was, and obviously the concert, like, so when we bought tickets, we were talking about, like, okay, do we want seats or do we want to sit, like, there's a general admission part. And we're like, you know what? Let's do general admission. So we did. And you got a bracelet, and the bracelet said the pit. Oh, And I was wow. like, oh, my God. I am never going to another concert and not not sitting in or standing <laughs> in the pit because that is the way to go, man. They're right in front of you. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but, like, you can dance like you have to dance right because sometimes when you're in a seat you're like mm, no, 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 i want to dance right now. right like right. i might be in the way somebody behind me is sitting. <laughs> so yeah it was amazing it was so great lizzo was unbelievable if you guys haven't checked out the video anna posted you guys have to check it out on our social media because yeah it's incredible she is she has a huge lgbtq following and they like every single person at this concert was amazing. Oh, except wow. for the, except for the really tall drunk guy I kept referring to as Baby Huey because <laughs> he kept stepping on my feet and he kept like he was all over the he was super drunk. Oh my goodness. Um so the Lizzo concert was amazing. Um my weight what of the Lizzo concert <laughs> was that so we're, we're in the pit with the young kids, you know. And so much, so pot is legal, is legal oh, in, Canada. in Canada. Yes. So, so much pot was being done. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm high just from the secondhand smoke. Yes. Um, but the best part was, and this actually happened to my friend, she like tasked me, she's like, oh my God, they're doing cocaine. What? Yes. Like right in front of us. So the girl heard her and turned around and was like, oh, did you want some? And we're like, oh my gosh, what? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Like, oh. And then I realized how old we were. Uh, Yes. Yeah. If you didn't know your age, you were then reminded. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Also, when we were leaving, we were like, oh, my back hurts from standing Well, I mean, I'm giving you a lot of credit to be in the pit in general. I I totally wore sneakers. I'm like, that's pretty brave. I'm so like, I'm such an old lady even going into a concert. I'm like, I need to sit. Nobody better stand. I need to have my drink. But then I have a drink and then I'm, I'm like the asshole standing. Right. But... I mean, that's a lot of standing for a night. Yeah, it was, but it was totally worth it. We had a two-hour <laughs> ride home. Yeah, so that's true. I mean, we were fine. Yeah, it was amazing. That is so it cool. Was so amazing. I'm so happy. Oh. I'm so sad I didn't go, but I'm so happy you went. I know. I have to say, like, she is totally life changing, and I love her so much. <laughs> well, I have two weight what's. So, um, and they both actually have to do with. Cell phones. Ooh. So my, my first wait what is a little more is it's pretty funny. I it actually happened today. So I was I actually were was with some friends earlier and we were talking about how everyone's getting new phones and someone that was there had the new iPhone 13, 30, I don't know. The <laughs> one I ordered. 40 so times. I'm like, oh that's the phone I ordered. How do you like it? And they're like, Oh, it's great, it's great. I said, Well, my phone just never works. I said, you know what's so weird? It works great for everything except phone calls or like hearing things or speaking. So the actual phone function is the the thing that doesn't work. I'm like, so I'm so happy I, you know, bought this crazy expensive phone. 
And then they're like, oh, well, um, do you wear a lot of makeup? <gasps> Listen, which if anyone has looked at me one time can tell that I wear a drag queen amount of makeup. But in fact, when we worked out last week at the rice thing, Christy, love Christy, goes, oh, wow, your makeup didn't come off. I'm like, well, probably two layers did, but I have like six more underneath. Oh like I wear so much makeup. So, the, so they look at me, they're like, do you wear a lot of makeup? I'm like, uh, yeah. Are you looking at my face? Yeah. I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, well, a lot of the times it's just makeup particles from your face that get caught in your microphone and in your, your speaker. So the one guy works for a cell phone company. He goes, yeah, girls bring them in all the time. We just take this little thing and clean them all out. And their phones were perfect. Oh, my God. So I don't want to tell my husband. <laughs> That I don't need this new phone I'm order I've already ordered and getting because I think if I just cleaned my phone out it would work just fine. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look at the outside, it's like permanently spray tan. That used to be clear. <laughs> that used to be clear. It's like Cheeto dust color. I actually think it used to be white. It's like straight it's spray tanned. So I don't know why this is a surprise in any way. Where does your phone get spray tan? Yeah, I'm off my face. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. hilarious. Uh -huh. So then my second wait, what? Which I actually saw us do with cell phones was um, my daughter is a freshman now, which has been very hard for me to oh, deal god. with because I think anytime your kids go through anything or hit a certain age or hit like a milestone, mm -hmm. it's all you do is think about what you did at that milestone, right? So it was homecoming this weekend, and she went. She's made all these new friends that I don't really know super well. And she's like, "I'm going to go to the dance." She's like, "There's a party after the dance. Do you care if I go?" Homecoming for me freshman year, I got picked up by some upperclassmen in a jeep. Uh, we went and drank a lot, and I came home and puked all night. So this is all I can think of when she says, "I want to go to a party." It's her freshman year homecoming. I'm like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous for her right now." I'm like, "Oh." So I was like, "I just need the name and number of like the parent whose house the party's at. I mm -hmm. need to call them. I need to make sure they're going to be home." Yeah. So I call the mom. I'm like, "Hi, you don't know me. I'm Keely's mom. I just want to make sure there's no like drinking or vaping or, you know, that they're going to be supervised." And she was like, "Um, well, um, you know that they're doing like a Harry Potter theme at this party." <laughs> And I was like, oh, 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 my, my apologies. She's like, yeah, they can't decide if they want to do musicals as their theme or Harry Potter. So it's either West Side Story that they're going to watch or Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, I'm so sorry. Like, these are, I, I wasn't expecting that answer. So I was just like, she is not me at 14, thank God. So I think, and the mom probably is like, what's wrong with this mom? I'm like, are they vaping? Are they, yeah. Oh my so God. So then like I got into a conversation though where I was like, you know, not for nothing. I'm certainly very happy and feel very blessed that I have a daughter whose idea of an after homecoming party involves musicals or Harry Potter. But I was like, why don't these kids like drink or like I've smoked cigarettes when I was in seventh grade. I was already drinking by the time I was a oh freshman. But like that's what you did. And I'm like, it's weird because I even know seniors and kids going to college and they're just not interested in drinking anymore, which is a great thing. But I'm also very confused. Mm -hmm. So I, it was really interesting. We were talking about this at the salon and someone says, well, you realize that, you know, kids get addicted that's probably why you smoke cigarettes that's probably why you drink mm -hmm. there's always a curiosity and there's an addiction and the kids nowadays have it severely but it's not with alcohol and i'm like what are you talking about she's like 
they're severely addicted to cell phones. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. She's like, when they get a text, when they get a Snapchat, there's that like chemical reaction. Yes, that goes off. That actually feels like a high, Mm -hmm. right? And then you want to take their phone away. She's like, I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years from now, there's 12-step programs to get kids away from their phone. She's like, think about it. They're constantly asking you for a new app. They're curious Mm -hmm. about this. They have a Finsta. They're using it to do bad things, right? So she's like, that's what we did with cigarettes and alcohol. And kids don't feel the need to fill Mm -hmm. that void of kind of doing those things that Mm -hmm. are under their parents' radar because they're doing that with something else. So we have have to remember that these devices that our kids have are the addiction in their life yeah also vaping vaping yes absolutely a thousand percent yeah so but anyways i just thought that was really interesting because i'm like why doesn't my kid want to drink i mean not that i want my kid to drink right but i'm also yeah. very confused on why she doesn't even care to yeah right and then that's that's the answer i got and i thought it was interesting that is super interesting yeah wow feeling like- also extremely frightening yes Yes, but I'm very fortunate on a side note that it is Harry Potter musicals. Yeah, I love it. I love all of that. Okay, so I have one more wait what that I completely thought about until um, you were telling that story. So it's more of like a ooh. ooh so we're coming I love in Halloween season. Ooh. Yes. So I bought um, a new winter coat. So I was going, I'm trying to, if I buy something, I get rid of stuff. Like, I love I'm trying that. to Marie Kondo my life. So I cleared out some coats. So there was this one coat, and for some reason, when I was thinking about which ones to get rid of, I'm like, definitely that one. I don't even remember the last time I wore it, like crazy. So on Friday, I was, Friday was September 20th. Um, and so I was clearing out the coats. So I'm like, oh, let me go through the pockets, make sure I don't have any money in there. First of all, I found $20 in my <gasps> winter coat from last year, which I was like, Christmas. That is like winning the lotto. Christmas. Yeah. Twenty dollars, yes. like that's a. I that's a lot. Over one, yeah. So that's that was huge. Amazing. So then I found prayer cards, like from funeral homes. Oh my goodness! So I look at it. I'm like, where did I even like wear this? So I read it, and it's from my grandmother. So my grandmother on my dad's side, my paternal grandmother, she lived in Italy, and so I only met her like once, honestly, because when she came to the U.S., I wasn't born yet. But my dad took me there. Um, So, you know, I obviously wasn't very close with her or anything. But, you know, she's a grandparent. Yeah, of course. Um, So I look at the card and I'm like, oh, God, that's so crazy that I just found this. Her birth date, September (gasps) 20th. Oh, my God. The exact day (gasps) that I happened to pull that card out. I was like, <gasps> I just have goosebumps. Oh my god, I, I know, right? So did I. All so did over I. my arms. So Josh was here. He was grabbing the boys, and I was like, <gasps> and he's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Oh my god, look at her birth date!" And he's like, "Whoa!" Even he was freaked oh out by goodness. it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was so crazy. So I just love that, like the little. I love that. Yeah. I, I love little signs from... Well, I also feel like you, and I believe like someone told you that you do have that kind of knack, like yes. that natural... Yes, I was told I'm intuitive. There you go. The natural... <laughs> I was like, when well, no. You were searching for Yeah, I, could, I would have been here a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you definitely have, like, I feel like you have those abilities, like somewhat mildly psychic abilities type Thank things. You. Thank you. So I feel like once you're open to that and, like, you are, you can see that, you do see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really cool. I'm happy you had that moment. I know, me too. Yeah, that's it really, was really cool. really sweet. 
Okay, guys, we're here with Katie Abrams. She is a mindfulness um, meditation facilitator and also an energy healer. So we're going to talk to her about some of the stuff that she does. And then uh, later on in the episode, um, she's going to do energy healings for me and for Faith. And you guys, she's an absolute dream. Yeah. She is everything I thought she was going to be when I <laughs> looked at her Instagram and more. I actually am, like, I honestly feel very blessed to even be in your presence because everything about you just radiates what you do. And it's like instantly she walked in the room and it was like a whole calming, healing vibe, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's incredible, you guys. She is amazing. Um, so I'm sorry. Let's introduce yourself. <laughs> if you'd like to introduce yourself. So why don't you talk a little bit about, um, like, what is mindfulness to you? Mm, well, first of all, I'm so happy to be here. And I just feel so grateful to just be sitting with both of you because you're both just doing such beautiful work. And I think just, you know, being yourselves and being authentic mm -hmm. is just such a gift to everybody. It gives everybody confidence to be themselves. So just by kind of offering, you know, this extension of who you both are, being so vulnerable, being courageous, being silly, being playful, it's really, I think, helps people open up to themselves and share more of themselves. So I'm just Thank very so grateful. Thank Can you we so have much. you on every episode? I <laughs> Like you actually, we already made notes for the season finale episode and you just touched upon like 10 of them. But yeah. I mean. <laughs> Like, you are magic. She's magic. Yes. Well, magic is, like, just one of my favorite things, and mm -hmm. so is playfulness, because I think mm -hmm. both of those things are so connective and so possible. I think we can really kind of get sidetracked by our endless list of things that we have to do and accomplish. That's why I love mindfulness so much. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness is this experience of really tuning in, not only with ourselves, but with the people around us. And so we're creating deeper relationships internally, externally, and then our lives become more authentic and more beautiful. So when we're mindful, um, what we're doing is we're just becoming more self-aware. So tuning into thoughts, sensations, feelings, and the more that we become to know ourselves, the better choices that we can make from those places. So for example, we wake up and we feel overwhelmed. You know, maybe some of us have this experience all the time. So we're waking up, we're feeling overwhelmed. And if we're mindful, we can say, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. What are the things that I can do that can support me from this place? Okay, I'm overwhelmed, so I'm just going to make these two phone calls before I do anything else, and then I'm going to feel completely different. So it's allowing yourself the opportunity to check in, see where you are, and then make choices from that place that can be more supportive. And we can really just have this whole different experience of life when we're becoming more in tune with exactly where we find ourselves every day. And mindfulness is a practice. So it's something that we have to return to. It's something that is devotional. So that just means we're always coming back to this place. And I think it requires just kind of rewiring and sometimes showing up so differently in our own lives. That's why it's just a practice. We kind of go out a little bit and we come back. And so um, for me in my life, it's been um, this ongoing practice and it doesn't stop. And I think that's the best part of it is we can always learn something more. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what, what drew you to this? So I grew up in Western New York and I grew up in this culture. And for me, when I was growing up, I was always 
so sensitive, always labeled highly sensitive, always just kind of feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxiety. From the time that I was in elementary school, I started to feel everything from everyone and I always felt like something was wrong. So for me, it was just this experience of being in the world and just kind of feeling like things were off, like there wasn't the type of recognition or compassion or understanding. And so I went through so much of my life, like my young life through school, especially where I just felt very unseen, very undervalued and always kind of, um, you know, just part of all of us. It's just like, just kind of being um, indoctrinated in different ways, made to feel like you have to be quiet, you can't ask questions. Um, there was just this feeling that you need to be quiet and be a part of the system and um, just get on with your day and don't do anything weird. And for me, um, it just didn't feel very honoring and it didn't feel authentic um, to be in those places. So from a very young age, I just hated school and I couldn't be there. And of course, I had some really beautiful teachers along the way, um, one in particular who I still um, connect with. And those people make all the difference in the world, but she was a person that practiced mindfulness and she was a person that offered a lot of care. And so for me, as I was getting older, I started to learn um, coping mechanisms. So all of us find different ways of being in the world when we're sensitive, we're feeling so much. And for me, I was looking for all these different outlets just to feel okay. And I was going through different situations of like heartbreak, anxiety, um, eating disorders, drinking, all these different things to try to fill that void, to try to just be comfortable, be accepted, be in community. And none of it worked. None of that kind of self-sabotaging behavior shockingly didn't work out. Mm. And for me, <laughs> I think we kind of all find, you know, we have to find our own footing because there isn't, there just isn't a pathway in this culture that um, can suit every person. It's just not going to happen. That's why it's so important to practice mindfulness, to practice authenticity, and really find what speaks to each of us. And so for me, um, I really began investing in myself and mindfulness. Um, when I was a teenager, I was 19, I had the opportunity to go to the Amazon and work with plant medicines and shamans and native healers. And that experience was so different than anything I had experienced up until that point in my life. And I, you know, of course, when I was 19, I was smoking, drinking, you know, self-medicating in all these different, really harmful ways and to step into this other reality of communication and community and self-healing and natural medicines and really deep self-awareness and listening to myself, knowing that what I'm saying is actually right, what I feel is actually right, and that I don't have to make myself smaller. It was this incredible opening for me. So over the past 10 years, um, since I was 19, being able to go back and dip into that, but to know that it's something that we can create every day. And for me, the mindfulness piece really came from giving myself permission to really be in the moment and I didn't feel like that was ever possible until I had these experiences where I was accepted for who I was, I was seen for who I was, and not only was it okay, but it was important. So when we talk about mindfulness, um, it's obviously in, in the kind of culture, and you touched on this a little bit, the culture today, like we you know if you have kids like you got to bring them there you got to bring them there you got to do this you got to go to work you got so what is a way to incorporate mindfulness in your everyday like you said it's 
it's a practice. So mm-hmm. this is something that you need to practice all the time in order to start getting good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is like a simple way as like an intro to practicing mindfulness? Mm. Thank you. And I think that there are so many simple tools. So part of my um, expression in the world is to really offer just super simple, digestible things that we can just put in our pocket and take with us. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of those things that's almost just to the point of being so simple, it just feels ridiculous, is really tuning in with your breath. And let me just explain this before um, we roll our eyes, because it is so silly, because it's so simple, but really taking the opportunity to connect in with your breath, it connects you to your body, to your mind, and to the experience that you're having. So when we're tuning into our breath, we're in the moment. And along with the breath, we can tune into all of our senses. So for those of us, maybe that Um, have anxiety or are looking for just a super simple way of coming in to practice mindfulness, tuning in with all of your senses. What am I seeing and listing some things? What am I feeling? What am I smelling? And just kind of going through your immediate environment and tuning in with that. Um, Also, just a super simple practice when you're waking up in the morning, just checking in with yourself for a minute just before we get rolling, I think many of us, you know, we wake up and we check the phone and we have to kind of like rush into the to the next thing, but giving yourself a moment to just calibrate, taking some breaths and just kind of seeing where you find yourself today. How are you feeling? How is the body feeling so that you can respond from that place? Can I tell you that I've been, um, in, since we've been working together, taking a deep breath is the most magical thing ever. Just especially when you're in a situation like if you're at work and you're in a meeting that's really stressful or you don't want to be there or anything, just really stopping and it takes 10 seconds. Just taking a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth or out through your nose, whatever you got to do. Like Mm -hmm. it has made such a difference. And I think... For so many of us, just kind of checking in throughout your day, noticing when you're starting to hold your breath. Mm -hmm. Because when we get nervous, a lot of us hold our breath, clench our stomachs, kind of curl inward. Um, And this is like a form of protection, like I won't take anything else in, you know, just trying to hold it all in. And when we can just inform our body that we're okay just by taking some deep breaths, especially into the belly, we're informing the body like we don't need to go through this big stress response. We can still be connected. We can still be grounded. So just taking that time for a couple breaths, it can be so nourishing. I find that really interesting because I find that my job is to constantly give me myself, give me my energy, giving it to everyone around me, right? Especially being a hairdresser. I feel like I have to make everybody's day. I have to give them that sense. I have to make them walk out feeling, you know, a thousand times better than they walked in. So it's funny because I feel like I give, 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 but I'm doing it with my breath held. Like she just said that and I was like, I can tell you from the time that I wake up and my feet hit the floor to the time I go to bed, I feel like I don't ever breathe. I feel like I'm holding, like metaphorically holding my breath the entire day. So it's really funny because when I take time for myself, which is very rare because we're just in a busier time frame right now with children and everything, when I take like five minutes and actually sit and breathe or do anything relaxing, my whole body shuts down because it needed that like two weeks ago, right? Or like when I go practice yoga or something, like I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's life changing. But then I only have that, I only make that time every couple weeks. But I do feel like I live my day 
the entire day clenched but also giving yeah. it sounds backwards well it's like a form of protection it sounds like you're bracing yourself and i think that's what we do it's like sometimes when we know we have something big coming it's almost like our body is like preparing and it is that fight or flight response and so what i've been doing for myself too because i notice i've also been in like this busy season it's virgo season mm-hmm. so i feel like there's <laughs> yes. something to yeah. that <laughs> and it, of course it affects everybody so differently but there's just a lot of energy in the air and so when i notice that i'm like starting to get that way i'll take a minute and just kind of dissolve in my bed or in my chair and just like inform my body that it can relax and that makes all the difference in the world because when we're going through the day and we keep going like so tensed up and so hard then we're just perpetuating that energy. But when we can take just even a minute to just kind of like dissolve and like allow your whole body to relax, you know, doing just a quick scan and seeing where you can just move some energy and just let the muscles fall, then we're opening into a different way of being. That's a super simple mindfulness mindfulness practice and it's so valuable because Mm -hmm. I think so many of us just go through, you know, in that like weathering the storm kind of mode. Mm -hmm. I never, I'd never do that. I never take deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. And um, one of my friends at work just completed her yoga teacher training. So it's so funny because when we're at work together and stuff, she'll take a deep breath. And then that reminds me to take a deep breath. And it's just like playing off of each other. It's just awesome that like there's that energy there now where we're constantly just reminding ourselves to just breathe. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. And that was actually something that I had spoken about in one of my classes today was when we can deeply breathe and we can hear each other, then it's going to inform other people around us to breathe. So it's such a good practice because we're just passing it on. It's like seeing someone yawn. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So this is so interesting. So this is how you got into mindfulness and that now you do own your own business. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little about like that journey, how you came to be a business owner what gave you the idea like the opportunity for the space all of it I want like I literally just don't want you to ever stop talking (laughs) (laughs) same same so um I have been of course working with like plants and I feel like I just have to give so much gratitude to working with nature and plants because that is first and foremost my greatest teacher um, seeing the way that nature expresses itself and can just be I'll just share this message with you that I received so when I'm talking about working with plant medicines I'm talking about working with very ancient um, practices so thousands and thousands of years old these plant medicines have been passed down through lineages and they're all believed to have their own spirit and so one of the plant ceremonies that I've sat in and I've sat in hundreds at this point so it's like psychedelic plant medicines and they're all very revered in um the the amazon amazon cultures um but one message that was coming through that just needs to be spoken is you know i'm sitting in a ceremony in the andes and i'm laying there and of course my heart is just breaking open because when we're sitting and really being with ourselves a lot of times the emotions that are coming through can be so difficult and I think this is what kind of impedes people from pursuing mindfulness is because it can be so uncomfortable at first when we're really meeting ourselves and being authentic it can be so challenging it's like oh wow I hid this thing so long ago and now it's coming up again I don't know what to do with it so I'm sitting in this ceremony and my heart is just totally opening and I'm it's almost like just this big purge that's happening and the message that I was getting was I was seeing this pine tree that was huge. It was so big and it was the only one like it. 
and I'm laying there and the message that this tree is giving me is that this tree decided to bloom even though it didn't see anything like it and the courage that that requires. And so for me at that point in my life when I was in my early 20s, it was just this push to really allow myself to fully expand and be who I was. And there was always huge fear about sharing what was most precious within me because I think we all have that fear when it's the thing that's closest to our heart and it's the thing that we most love and it feels so tender. And so for me to tell people that, oh, I channel and I do energy work and I work with plant medicines and it all felt so foreign, especially coming back to Buffalo and to be here and there's not that kind of language here Mm -hmm. and it's coming about and you know there are of course pockets like that but at that point um it was just this little nudge of saying like you have to bloom and you have to be here and so for me i think i was um you know i was in my early 20s and i was getting all these messages like just share just share just go just do it and it was i had so much fear about being judged Buffalo is the smallest place on earth. Everybody knows everybody. Um, And so there was this just um, hesitation that I always felt and getting those messages of just going for it and just going and being here. We have this one opportunity to really be here and share our greatness and what is most precious and beautiful about us. And so I just decided to start teaching classes, teaching meditation classes as a way of sharing my heart with people and sharing um, messages with people. So I've started doing energy work through the shamanic lineage. It was like the plants were like, you have to do this. You just have to touch people and give them energy. And so I started doing that um, in ceremony and then I started doing it in class. Mm -hmm. And so um, I teach meditation classes, which are kind of a blend of like meditation, mindfulness, energy work, channeling, and just whatever needs to be heard. I trust that every time that I go into a class that the people that are there are going to receive what they need. Um, And then I also work privately with clients and I just absolutely love working with people. Um, I love just being able to open to somebody, see somebody and be with people wherever they find themselves. Each of us, you know, goes through so many different things, like through the course of a day, let alone a lifetime. And so to really be with somebody, you know, in the moment that they're in, you know, whether it's complete mystery and darkness or, you know, figuring out what they want to do for their work, everybody's at a different point. But to be able to be with people in whatever situation they're in has been such a gift um, to be trusted in that way and to be able to sit with people is my greatest love just to offer um, whatever I can and whatever kind of comes through. In the meditations that the classes that you hold, you have such a wide array of people. Like you have young people in high school, which I think is amazing. That's what I was going to ask actually, because the more that you are taught, like just, well, anything that comes out of your mouth is just like a pure dream. But I, (laughs) I, have been thinking throughout most of when you speak about Keely, yeah. about my daughter, and how much I would love to have her experience this. Right. And even when you were talking about how you grew up and who you are, I was like, I know why I like Katie. You remind me of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing to say, but I mean it in like a yeah. really, really cool way. You remind me of Keely. I, and I wish Keely... Keely needs someone like you in her life because I'm not that way. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I always feel bad as a mom because I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm the wrong mom for her. 
I'm a great mom, but sometimes I feel like I'm the wrong mom for her. But like everything you are and everything about your being, I'm like, this is Keely. My daughter needs this in her life. This might help her cope and you could be the translator for her in this universe. Because I am not doing the greatest job at that. Well, and I think just for children in general, oh my like gosh. mindfulness. So Katie did a morning meditation, mindfulness meditation at the elementary school. This is it's incredible. I think kids need this. Like Absolutely. everything you say, and like especially kids nowadays where they're just so so lost, right? You know, we're in this generation, and like with everything that's going on, where. People are, which we actually wanted to talk about and we'll kind of touch upon really quickly, mm-hmm. is that it's this really crazy time where people know more about each other than they ever had before. Mm-hmm. However, it's the loneliest, mm-hmm. right? So you're connected to people, but in a way that makes you feel isolated and alone. And that is so hard because I can't imagine being a kid dealing with that because I know how hard it was to be a kid in, in growing up. And without that, so now I feel like these kids feel even more isolated. And you know, when I try to have these sit down talks with Keely and stuff, and Keely is my sensitive kid, always has been Mm -hmm. from day one, still is like she is God lover, poor thing, cries all the time. (laughs) She's so sensitive, she has anxiety, she has so many things. And I see it's weird for me because I can see the after, right. I can see how amazing she's going to be when she gets, but I have no idea how A and B are going to connect, and I worry about that time in between right. because there's so much that could happen to her that doesn't let her get here, and I try to guide her, but I'm such a force, and she's such a dove mm-hmm. that I feel like it's like it's not meshing, and we've tried like you know different counseling and things like that to try to help, but what I've always been looking for is for someone that can resonate with her mm-hmm. but in in general for all children this is so important mm-hmm. it's so important like and and I don't think kids really get this type of I don't know as an adult I've never really received this type of mindfulness and yeah. so for sure children aren't and I think it's even more important for them well first of all I just want to say it's always like I think the greatest compliment in the world to receive that you know people want their loved ones to be a part of this because I think, you know, we can feel the value, especially when we're having these embodied experiences when we're like with people that we really resonate with, like, you know, that this is going to speak to them too. So that's just the best thing in the world. Yeah. Um, And I also think it goes beyond even this generation because I work with people up into their seventies and Mm eighties that have never practiced mindfulness and have always kind of been shut off. And so it's like every single person I think can really benefit from these tools and awareness. And I think so many of us, you know, like I said before, it comes from a form of self-protection. So oftentimes we create boundaries and shut down and want to be busy and perpetually doing because we don't want to stop and feel. Because as soon as we start to stop, we're going to start to get overwhelmed with everything that's coming up, all the thoughts, all the feelings. And so we just keep going. And so I think it's very... um, very pervasive just across our culture um but i do see like it's the isolation is just such a huge issue and that's why i love doing community work sliding scale whatever it is to offer services that are accessible for everybody because we need to have community dialogue something that i do in all my classes which um 
I've gotten some different feedback from is I always make everybody say their first name and something that they're grateful for after we do our body scan, after we are able to kind of check in. But having that moment of gratitude and listening to each person that's in the room, it's a connective experience. We need to know who's in our world. We get to have this incredible, like expansive experience where we can potentially meet somebody that we're really supposed to connect with and we only know that if we're sharing and so in our groups I always make everybody share and at the end of it I really feel the shift in energy because then it's like we know who's here we know who we're dealing with and we feel more connected to the place that we are and then when we return we start to know each other Mm -hmm. and we start to remember and we can connect the dots and then suggest and you know I feel like I don't know how many people have talked to me about you, you know, over the past couple of years. It's like, you know, Anna's so great or, you know, Anna mentioned this one thing. And so, but that's what happens. (laughs) And that's the goal. Yeah. Everybody that I've ever met that has come through those doors has been amazing. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. And it is like, it is a real community Mm -hmm. of people who come there, who talk about what they're grateful for, but also come to this meditation because they want to release something or they they need to dig deeper mm-hmm. to find whatever it is within themselves to release to allow themselves this space mm-hmm. and and i said this last night too like you create this space for people you create this time in this space so people can do that and know that they know that they can be vulnerable because they're in a safe space And that is the most beautiful thing ever. It's so interesting that you shared that with me because that's maybe the fifth time somebody said that to me this week. And so in my, like in my career, like I've heard that here and there, but it was like in the past couple of days. So I feel like that was like the message that I really needed Mm -hmm. is to know what's happening. And that idea of kind of like, we're coming into this different zone. We're calibrating ourselves. We're becoming attuned to a different way of being present. And it's like giving ourselves permission to be fully there and seeing what's here. It's like, ooh, I wanna see what happens next. And how often do we get to have that experience? And that is so healing and so exciting and so playful and curious and it's just the best. I don't wanna take a step back, but I do wanna know for for myself um, and for all the listeners, so where do you have your classes and like, Um, how often do you have your classes? Like talk a little bit about the logistics of your business because I know I'm going to be calling and I just need to make sure other people can like, so please explain all, all Mm -hmm. of the housekeeping for the business because I am dying to know. Yeah. So I work out of my home exclusively, um, when I'm working with clients and I teach weekly meditation classes at my house. So to preface this, I live in the most beautiful place on earth, and I'm not just saying that. I feel like this space that I live in, I live in East Aurora, and I live on Casanova Creek. So the creek is running through the yard. There's exposed rock wall. There's 11 acres. Now we're renting this property, but it is just so divine. And so I feel that being there, this was really a gift to me because my responsibility with this space is to share it, and I really deeply feel that I'm supposed to share this. So... I shifted from hosting all of my classes in Hamburg to shifting my uh, to hosting my classes at my house, and so being there, we're 
I feel so much more at home, of course, and just powerful being there um, because I'm really working with the land. I'm in my own kind of creative space. So I'm super intentional and very much about like the harmony and feel. So my home is like incredibly um, detail oriented. Everything has a feel as a highly sensitive person. Like I want my space to be an embodiment of my mindfulness. So every Monday um, from seven to eight, I have classes at my house um, and I see clients throughout the week. And so um, I started teaching, I guess three years ago now. And so I'm primarily in East Aurora and I'm doing every other Sunday in Williamsville doing a Sunday morning meditation. And I love having just totally different experiences. Western New York is so vastly different from every corner. Um, and I've taught all over Western New York, but to me, I always want to feel super connected to the space that I'm in and the people that I'm working with. It has to feel right for me. And so I've kind of like floated here and there, just kind of getting a feel. But what has always felt right to me is having a lot of control because I can create the environment that I want people to feel comfortable in. I can be the person that can set the stage and really hold the container. Um, and if someone wanted to attend one of your classes, what would be the way to book that? So my classes right now, so I have a website, which is just my name, katieabrams.com. K-A-T-Y. K-A-T-Y-A-B-R-A-M-S.com. Um, and I have my list of events. And of course, I do like special events like last night. Actually, my mm -hmm. mom is a sound healer. So we did a sound healing event um, for the Equinox last night. And we just mm -hmm. did this whole big elaborate um, uh, collaborative event. And it was really beautiful. So throughout the month, we'll have different, I, I host different um, types of events. And so my calendar is always kind of full with different opportunities. And so like through my website, you can find that. Um, because I'm hosting everything for my house, I ask that people email me just for mm -hmm. directions. Um, that way I'm not posting where I live um, right. just for the public. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but through my Facebook group also, and I'm super friendly, so I'm like always so excited to have new people drop in. So just dropping me a line, um, you know, through my email, through my website, through Facebook, and I'll make sure that everybody finds their way. And the thing that I love the most is it's just comfortable. Like we're in my house and I'm going to make sure that everybody feels tended to. Um, and I have another quick question because obviously you do a lot of healing in so many different ways. Do you ever have um, people who go to you that have maybe like autoimmune issues? Like um, any, like what would the spectrum be as far as someone that is dealing with any sort of medical condition where they come to you versus a doctor? Because I've been in that situation with, mm -hmm. I have, an autoimmune I have a couple autoimmune diseases and it's you're like a ping pong between doctors so mm -hmm. I'm just curious on how the healing goes as far as that so I have clients that range from kind of um, isolated circumstances maybe like a breakup all the way to stage 4 cancer and so my spectrum is very wide because what I'm really doing is I'm treating and I'm working with the person so I'm really looking to find where they are and speak to um, just an illumination for 
like how to move forward, how to take this um, opportunity to really learn and expand from the moment that we find ourselves in. So for me, as I'm sitting with different people, um, there's such a different protocol. And I think that this is what's important is like knowing that each person is so singular. So even like I have a few women that I'm working with that might have breast cancer. And so each one is so singular. So the way that, you know, I'm working with somebody is going to be completely different than somebody else, even if we have the same kind of external issue going on there's something underneath that needs to be spoken to Mm -hmm. and for a lot of people it's like for so much of what I work with it's really just about not being fully authentic to yourself and that's really what so much of it comes down to is not listening to ourselves when we know what we need to do and we just keep pushing beyond our own boundaries because we need to accommodate others we need to get this job done I don't have time for myself it's always kind of putting ourselves on the back burner until the body's like um excuse me yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. then everything blows up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it manifests yeah. in such different ways for everybody but I really find like so much of what the root is for so many people is just not listening to ourselves when we know what we need to hear and we know so everybody that comes to me is like I knew that but it's like (laughs) just taking the time to really listen yeah I think just listening to your body in general is so important and it's just something that we're not accustomed to doing Mm -hmm. so like the mindfulness it's a practice I think a lot of people don't even know how I think people just kind of need very simple practices and tools Mm -hmm. and also just to hear that validation like you're right Because I think a lot of times, especially working with whatever kind of professional you're working with, a lot of times you're being told, you know, you need, you know, this specific type of protocol and don't listen to your body. And, you know, you're getting all kinds of mixed signals from all over the place. But I think what's important is just the tool to learn how to listen to ourselves again. Mm -hmm. What does it feel like when we're really listening to ourselves? Because you know best. You truly do. And it's just coming back into contact with um, our heart and what we truly know and our instinct. And nobody else can speak to that except for ourselves. And so, so much of the work is really just about being connected, like coming back home to ourselves. That is so beautiful. So um, what is it involved in like a meditation class? Like what, what do you have in there? What rituals do you practice? So my first practice, whenever people are coming in, so everybody's coming from their own lives. Everybody's coming from all different pockets of Western New York and different parts of their day. So some people are coming in with a lot of chaos. Some people are coming in super ready to just sink in. But for me, the most important thing that we do together is just to come into an energy frequency together, really calibrating ourselves. So doing a grounding meditation, which I will share with both of you, um, just as this exercise that people can tune into take with them and it's a super simple practice but it's so transformative it's something that um you know that i find is really the foundation for the whole class when we do this grounding meditation it's setting the stage for the rest of our time together and then people can kind of float their way home (laughs) so you know i find like you know whoever's coming in whatever energy they're coming in with totally transitions after this grounding meditation which is just connecting body, mind, and spirit. Um, So after we do our grounding meditation, I invite people to share um, their name, 
something that they're grateful for. Sometimes this is super small. Sometimes people just say, I'm really grateful for my breath. And sometimes people go into a huge elaborate experience and that it's just so beautiful. Whatever people share just is so potent and you can really feel the, the change in the room. So after we do our gratitude, I just kind of speak for a little bit based on who's in the room and what I feel like needs to be said. Um, so I just kind of speak about mindfulness, about meditation, about the power of it. Um, and then um, we go into our meditation. I guide us in. Um, I'm always kind of speaking from a very gentle, open space because we have all different levels coming in. Some people have been coming for years, like Anna, <laughs> and then there's other people that have never done a meditation before in their lives. So I'm really trying to give as many tools and tips as possible while still not saying the same thing every week. Um, and during our meditation, I offer energy work. And so I'll share that with both of you um, tonight as well. And the energy work is offering fresh energy to the body. So during the meditation, while people are kind of sinking into their own experience, I just very gently and quietly go around to each person and offer um, energy healing. So offering fresh energy to each person um, and moving on. So throughout the meditation, everybody gets about a minute or two of energy work done. Um, and some people feel really elated and some people feel like they need a nap and it's always so singular. And at the end of our meditation, after I've given healings to everybody that wants one, I'll call us out of the meditation and then I receive um, messages for each person. So as I tune in and I'm doing the energy work, I'm getting information for each person just to illuminate um, where they are and just offer perspective, offer a wider perspective. Um, and so giving messages, which of course I would be delighted to give to you as well during um, our time. We'd be just as delighted to receive them. <laughs> <laughs> this is all so exciting. Yeah, so we are going to have a separate, we're going to have like a little bonus episode that is released with this, which will just be the meditation. Yeah, so, so you that guys way, can access it anytime you want to. Yeah, whenever you guys need it. We want to give you like this little pocket and this little gift. I mean, Katie is a gift. Yeah. And she's leaving us with a lot of gifts. Yeah. <laughs> oh but one of them is the ability. I mean, I know for a fact I'm going to be doing this meditation that she gives us probably daily because yeah. it just feels like a dream. So I keep using that word, but it really has been I know. this whole podcast. It's pretty spot on. That's uh, a great word. Yeah. So stay tuned, guys. Okay, so one of the uh, many talents that Katie has is uh, energy healings. So that's kind of how we met. I came in and did an energy healing with you. And then whenever you do your uh, meditations, your community meditations, you usually do like a group energy healing. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about those and kind of what happens during those? So energy healing is kind of a universal term and there are so many different modalities of energy work. So within energy work, there's Reiki, there's shamanic energy work, there's all different kinds of facets of it, but for me, it's really the same thing. So we're really talking about um, life force energy that's being channeled through the practitioner into each person. So as I'm touching in with each person, and this is what I offer my classes to each and every person, um, I'm just simply going behind them, 
touching their shoulders and offering fresh energy. And so for each person, this is translated differently. Each of us needs something different. We're all kind of in different moments in our lives. So some people might need energy to calm their anxiety. Some people might have really severe eczema and the energy goes where it's needed in the body. So when we're transferring this kind of energy, it's really about um, each singular person's experience and what's needed. So the energy is so wise and it's, uh, you know, so unique for each person. The way that somebody um, interprets the energy might be completely different than the next person. So some people feel warmth, some people feel coolness, some people cry, some people feel elated. It's completely different. So the way that we're receiving um, fresh energy is unique um, to all of us. And I love energy work because I find um, for many of us, we need something that's embodied. I think language can only really go so far. Language is my greatest love in life. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there are experiences that we have that can't really be spoken for. And so when we're doing deep healing work to be able to offer something that goes beyond language and goes beyond logic, it can really inform the body and create a deeper intention. So energy work is just super beautiful and it's so important just to have that experience yourself because I think hearing about it, again, that's the logical mind. And when we have an embodied experience, we can really um, tune into it in our own relationship. This is going to be really interesting because I have never had this done before. Mm -hmm. So I guess I will be kind of the view the. Um, view of the listeners yeah of experiencing something brand new so I'm really excited well and what's interesting too is that with this energy healing it's not your energy that's going into the person mm -hmm. you're like the vessel that the universal energy goes through correct that's so right and I think that's kind of how I view all of my work is just about being a vessel I try not to take anything personally mm -hmm. um you know, any kind of congratulations or criticism because it's really not about me. It's about what this person needs to hear. And it's about offering just goodness and love and insight in a way that I feel like I can translate. I feel like my work is really to be a translator for the messages, for the information that um, I'm receiving. And it's not about me as much as really just offering this connective experience to somebody. So Faith and I just had energy healings from Katie. So we're going to kind of talk about our experience um, first. So Faith, do you want to go? This was your first one. So this was my first one. That was so wonderful. <laughs> that was so nice. I felt like, um, you know what I kept thinking of? It sounds so weird. Um, like when you're in a car, well, this is what kept coming to me. You're in a car. I was like picturing in the back seat of my parents' car when we used to go on trips, and like when you'd go in and out of sunshine, right? And I would always keep my hand out the window, and I would always kind of make like a wave with the breeze. That is how it felt. I kept feeling like whiffs of warmth when like the sun hits you, and then I felt like this wave going through my body, and I just like I was like I don't know why it brought me like to like being a kid in my parents' car. Yeah. But that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like this beam of, like I just feel this like beam going through me, like your face hits the sun, but then it goes away because you go into a bridge and then it hits you again. Like that's what it felt like. 
That yeah. is so cool. That is so, what, like, a great description, too. That's, ex it, it was, like, a visual that came to me that, like, I couldn't, like, I didn't have a choice. That's yeah. just what it was. And I just was, like, in the back seat going like this with the, with the wind. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> that is so, that's awesome. I think it's great. I remember the first time I got one from you, too. I totally had, like, a vision of, like, this, like, beautiful thing, like, it just really is really magical. For me, what happens is, like, I always feel warmth. And then it's always the top of my head. Like, my crown chakra always, like, vibrates. Oh, really? That's when I know it's good. <laughs> when I get that feeling. I think a lot of times the energy that we're feeling is connecting us to different types of emotions so it's like it's connecting you with that almost that sense of divinity mm -hmm. for both of you just in different ways like those moments that we've experienced something that where we feel almost like transcendent but so embodied like being able to really be in the moment and wanting to be there yeah. and what that like healing presence does and what mm -hmm. it feels like to really be here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so nice so when you do the energy healings can you kind of explain what happens to you during them? So when I'm touching in with somebody, um, for me as a highly sensitive person, I think we all are highly sensitive just mm -hmm. to varying degrees. And I think a lot of us put up boundaries as a way of self-protection. And for me, I've lived my whole life as a highly sensitive person and really worked to keep myself sensitive and open and receptive and not shut down and so when i'm touching in with people i'm receiving imprints the way that you would receive an imprint when you first meet somebody so so many of us have this experience where when someone walks in the room you're like yes i need to talk to this person mm -hmm. or oh no get me away from this person <laughs> and so it's kind of reading the energy in a very similar way um, but just to a very fine degree so for me in my life kind of creating this index of emotions and energies and being so familiar with each emotion and each energy that when I touch a person and when I'm sitting with a person I can very clearly relate to that distinct emotion and speak to that and when I'm touching someone I'm receiving also a story their story whatever they're going through and whatever they need to hear so the question that I'm always asking when I'm with someone is what does this person need to hear right now and so it'll be different day to day so the energy work that I just did with Anna um, I had done energy work with her yesterday mm -hmm. and that the messages are completely different because we're different in every moment. So what we would do now would be different in 10 minutes from now. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit about what happened when you just touched in with us now? You want your messages? I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part. <laughs> it's so good because I think, you know, something that I always kind of forget to preface when you're coming into work with me, the messages are illuminating. They're not meant to be judgmental and it's really meant to speak to where you are so that you can have clarity so that it's about the path forward um, and not ruminating or being judgmental or hard on ourselves i think we do such a good job of that already right. that when we're um going into doing energy work this way it's really about seeing it from an illuminated perspective my way of like looking at the world is what is the most beautiful way that i can receive this mm -hmm. even in the most challenging moments so um i'll begin with anna because i just touched in with you first so um <clears throat> i'm just going to get calibrated here Hmm. 
as I was tuning in with you, I was feeling like uh, I was seeing you at work, first of all, and it was just kind of showing me these different experiences that you have. And you're very much a communicator. And I feel like you're so good with your language. And I feel like a lot of people are looking to you. Um, and I feel like because you have such a warm sense about you that there's so many people that just feel very um, connected with you. And I feel like you're so relatable and you make that choice with every conversation and so I'm feeling like you have such an incredible influence and I was just kind of seeing you in your communities you know in work and the way that you're in community and it's like there's always so much opportunity for you because you it's like your projects are what keep you stable it's like those are the things that I can really rely on it's like for so many other people it would kind of be like I can't take on anymore but for you you're like these are the things that ground me having all of these different projects that I have, making sure that I'm, you know, teaching this and going here and doing this <laughs> podcast and in work and I have my kids. And there's so many different facets to who you are, but each of each one of them grounds you and each one of them really connects you to your purpose. And I feel like your purpose is as a connector. And I feel that with you too. And I feel like with both of you, that's what your relationship really is like centered around is both of you have this very connecting um, sense and being in the community as people that can really um, be generous and warm and really show up really show up for people and so I can see like the relationship between you two is just immediately in sync because you're both in that zone um, and for you it's just knowing that there's always going to be so much opportunity because you put yourself in the way of beauty and you're always available and you always show up thank you so much Katie mm -hmm. that was so accurate that was so oh. I actually always laugh because whenever there's a new committee in Hamburg, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, are you a part of this? And she actually is. She's like, well, I was asked to be chair, but I decided to step down and just be a volunteer instead. Mm -hmm. But yes. That Thank was you. so accurate. That was so spot on. Mm -hmm. Everything. She's she's always spot on. That Thank was you so spot much, on. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful. Thank so you. for you, oh, gosh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as I was tuning in with you, I was being very. It was like my awareness was just being shifted right away to your heart, and it was showing me in your life how there have been, especially when you were younger, it was almost like all of these different circumstances that broke your heart open. And especially being young, it was like, you know, I was seeing you going through these different moments where your heart would break and it was always so much of your own courage and insight that made you bloom and move forward. And so I was seeing all of these experiences in your life, you know, that had been so, you know, there's so many things that were kind of chaotic or like out of your control. And for you, it was like, I'm not gonna let this crush me, I'm gonna let this fuel me. And so as you've been like going through your life, it's like I'm seeing, you know, for you that there's not, no such thing as like a challenge. It's like, I'm just going to meet every single day and really use my full capacity and energy knowing that I can and knowing that I'll, I'll try. And with you, I was seeing your um, partner and I was seeing that it's your other half. And it's like this relationship that you have with him is so silly, first of all. And I was just feeling like, you know, who who you both get to be because of knowing each other um, has inspired each other. It's like your best friends, but you're also such good teachers for each other. And it just kind of feels like there's this leaning in, like this, you know, kind of coming together that really feels like um, so, so compatible. And it's like almost beyond that. It's just family. He's just there. He was yeah. always meant to be there. And um, 
you know, so just knowing, like, you know, for you in your life, you create beauty and harmony. And I was seeing your sense of harmony in the world and the way that you know what to add to every situation. So I'm seeing you kind of coming in and being this person that knows exactly what's called for somehow. It's just your skill. It's your skill. Well, now I'm in tears. <laughs> <laughs> And that, you know, you're here, like I said, to be a connector. And you connect people, you connect ideas, you create harmony, you create beauty, and you have a sense for this. This is just who you are. And so I'm seeing both of you just naturally just like being magnets to each other. <laughs> because you both do this, but so very much in your own way. So very much like each of you, so distinct, but you can come together and like someone who gets it. Yeah. Oh, that's super sweet. Mm. Well, we're going to have to take a short break. Yeah. <laughs> that's honestly so Oh, spot my on. gosh. So that's incredible. You are a beautiful person. You, you really are. Okay, Katie, so let's talk about how people can reach you. Mm-hmm. So I have a website that I have done myself. Like I said, I love having a kind of high degree of control. That way my energy can really come through and people can feel me and everything that I'm doing. So my website is just my name, katieabrams.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at the same handle and on Facebook. Um, I do have a Facebook group where I post almost daily updates now from all of the events and groups and classes and things that we have going on. And sometimes I'll just share any potent information like an article or mm -hmm. anything that feels really resonant or silly or good. Um, so I'm all over the place. So your Facebook page is Katie, it's K-A-T-Y, Abrams, Energy Medicine and Mindfulness. That's your Facebook page. And then your website is, again, Katie Abrams, K-A-T-Y-A-B-R-A-M-S.com. That's right. And so people can find your calendar to see what, like, community classes. And then what I love is that you call them your offerings. So the different services that you have, too. Like, I just love that so much. Um, and then you, people can sign up, too, to receive your monthly love letters. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit what those are? So I started doing um, just like a, a newsletter, but I really wanted to feel like my own. And so what I'm offering in my love letters is just kind of what I'm going through. Um, and it's just once a month mm -hmm. because I know for a lot of us it's like emails and everything can – I'm always just thinking about the highly sensitive people. Like receiving yeah. so much information can be so much. So the love letters are really just a monthly missive just to receive a little dose of my love, where I am, what I'm going through, what like I'm seeing in the energy right now, what I'm feeling, and just tools and you know, a shift in perspective or ways of looking at things. I really like to share my own kind of personal stories like throughout my um, classes and my letters and um, all of my ways of sharing because I think that's really where we learn so much is through our own kind of um, trial and errors and just seeing what we can create from that place and also just having a really good sense of humor about everything <laughs> like saves us. Yeah. I can't wait to sign up for these. I know. This all sounds so magical. We can't thank you enough. Oh. Like for being on this podcast, mm -hmm. what you have contributed to, to everything. Like, I just, I, I have no words. I'm actually speechless, guys. Yeah. This, this never is, I mean, hands down, sorry to any other guests, but this is my favorite podcast episode. <laughs> this is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um. So before, like, we kind of wrap everything up, I just want to say, like, I really, going into this, didn't, 
really, I know what self-awareness was. I, I, you know, I always kind of prided myself on being someone that's pretty in tune with myself. But what you kind of have even taught me today is mindfulness isn't just, okay, you're in tune with yourself. You see yourself for what you are. You see your strengths. You see your weaknesses. Mindfulness is taking care of the self-awareness you have about yourself. It's not just saying, oh, I know this about myself, so I'm good, right? Mindfulness is actually trying to help your body function in a way that supports you better than how you are now because I definitely felt like I was in a really healthy place with my self-awareness. Now I feel like after going through everything we've gone through tonight, I realize how much um, neglect and like kind of back burner I've put on my mindfulness for myself of taking care of myself in ways that I should be. I think it's you know, it's such a practice and it's like tending to a garden. So it's something that we tend to every day. And with our attention and care, um, it can really just transform. And I think it deserves our attention every day. And, you know, that's why I think it's a practice. So it's something that we can just continue to invest in. And sometimes we stray a little bit and sometimes we're always right there. And so I think just coming in with the ability to be very generous and very gentle with ourselves and to not put pressure on ourselves in our practice of mindfulness, like giving ourselves permission to be playful and curious and gentle in this exploration and it can just change so much um so last night i attended the fall equinox event that you had uh with your mom in your home and there was one thing that you said last night that really struck like it just really brought a big emotional response and it was um i'm gonna paraphrase this but (laughs) but you said to think about all of the things that have happened like in your past or in your life to bring you to this moment right now and everything that you've gone through to bring you to each moment. And for me, that was just so beautiful. I think that's kind of the place in a message that I received recently just about how to fully honor and make decisions from where we are now to really honor who we are and what we've become and it's created this like it's come from this lifetime of cultivated experiences sometimes like total shattering heartbreak and total bliss and excitement and to know both and to be able to be here in this moment with all of this catalog of experience and to work from that place are you honoring yourself with your decisions are you honoring the person that's been through so much in all of this and that question and like that idea had really come to me from this idea um which was like are you using your energy to the best of your ability and when i say that i don't mean in a form of self-punishment but are you using your energy to the best of who you have created so sometimes that might mean taking a nap sometimes that might mean making that difficult phone call making a better choice for food, but really speaking to where you find yourself and really deeply acknowledging who you are. So I love that idea and I can't take credit for any of it. It's just like things that download, you know, Mm -hmm. into the body through mindfulness. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie. That was seriously such a, it's always magical being in your presence anyway (laughs) but like this especially that you came and you were so willing to share your gifts and to share just such a beautiful outlook that you have on everything 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Katie.